Good afternoon for those of you joining us live here in Conway, and good morning, evening, or night for those of you who aren't. This is The Hendrix Heretic, and I'm your ever-faithful host, Taylor Ashman. Alright folks, we're back with our brief or from our brief hiatus. We're here to wrap up our election special. And today we have Colton Gaddis with us today. He's from or he's from another show called um, Mentally Capable. And we're talking about muds, mudslinging yellow journalism and all of the iffy and awful things that happen with that, because dear lord, we haven't seen enough of that today. Yeah. Uh I, I just feel like mudslinging and especially yellow journalism really shown through this 2020 election season. So I feel like it was a good thing to talk about, especially if this election is special. Oh yeah. And definitely with, um, it definitely relates now that Trump has, we're going to say lost. We're going to say lost. We're going to go with lost because that's what we've been saying in all the other episodes. And, and now he's, um, and now he's like gone off the deep end of like, yeah, the deep states against me, like election fraud, this election fraud, election fraud, that. And like, and it's definitely kind of evolved from um, from yellow journals and mudslinging to what we kind of more colloquially call fake news. And oh, yeah, did you did you watch his um, or like see anything about his 46 minute like speech of where he was like, yeah, there was so much election fraud. I'm going to show you proof. And then just kept on rambling like the madman he is. You know, I didn't see that personally, but the thing is, you know, whether you like Trump or not, one thing you got to realize is he had a chance to really kind of save himself from like losing. Mm -hmm. He he had a chance to where he could have been like, you know, Hey, I lost, you know, whether it was, by my doing or by my candidates doing you know i lost whatever i will do my best to run again or i won't run again whatever he could have made that statement but instead he went for the stance of no this is wrong and i feel like if he would have dropped that stance a lot quicker a lot of his supporters might have rallied against like with him more than they Mm -hmm. are now because like you can see that you know like you're saying he's making the speech and all the supporters are kind of like yeah it's it's yep there's fake yep there's fun yeah Yeah, i've definitely i've definitely seen like there was there was twitter comment like i read the twitter thread on i think it was cnn's thing and like there were just a bunch of trump supporters like please just be a leader for once yeah i mean it's just like you know like i said if you're you're for him or against him i I mean it's just kind of like he's a president he's the face of our nation at this moment you know it would be better for him to say something that would be supportive rather than, you know, yeah. go on the stance that kind of scares people. Yeah. I know it's just, so. it's one of the most just embarrassing things that I've ever seen. And like, I, there was, there was even, 
there was actual cases of election fraud like way back in the 60s when JFK was running against Nixon. And like even when Nixon had credible like proof of or of um of like election fraud happening, he still conceded to JFK and still like was like, yeah, I'm throwing my full support behind JFK because I don't want to undermine America and I don't want to undermine the office of the president because it's arguably the figurehead of the nation. And therefore, I don't want to damage this country that I serve. And that would be really freaking nice if we could see that from the former president. Do we call him former? Form. Let's go with former. Former president. Yeah, I, I feel like it's fair to call him former at this point. Uh, you're definitely going to see, like, just as far as, like, my predictions going forward, you're, you're definitely going to see the supporters kind of dwindle down a little bit. Not that they don't like him as much. Because I don't think they're going to stop liking him just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But they're going to, just like with, you know, with COVID, you're going to have people that are very strong at the be- beginning, you know, wear masks, don't stand close anywhere near people, blah, blah, blah. And now they're kind of like, you know, I'll just go in Walmart and mm-hmm. wear my mask halfway over my face to appease people. You know, like you, they kind of get tired of it. Yeah. Same thing's going to happen. They're going to get tired of him saying you know it's fake it's fake it's fake it's gonna be like dude it's december like it's almost january we're almost to inauguration like you need to you gotta up. drop it like it's fine <laughs> i did i did see this joke about relating to that. it was like hey now that trump's lost are you guys gonna wave your maga flags for the next 150 years like you did the confederate flags <laughs> it's just like you know like, you just gotta something sometimes you just gotta give up like Hey, speaking of history and not giving up, though, you want to talk about the history of mudslinging? Because we are the king of segues on this show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, with mudslinging, you know, I feel like this is a term that everyone's kind of heard of before. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard of it, for whatever reason, think of it as choosing anyone in your direct life and taking their reputation or and or their name and just slathering it in mud. And that's what it is. You're throwing dirt on a person to make yourself look better than that said person. Yeah. And so I think a good modern like correspondence to that is like all of the base or all of the attacks of like fake news or bias or um, I mean, just even like almost like I don't want to stray too close into this, but cancel culture can almost fall under under mudslinging in in the wrong context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh you know, mudslinging isn't a new thing. I feel like a lot of people think that, especially with like, uh, with a specific example, the first debate, you know, everyone watched that and was like, this is insane. Like, mm-hmm. this is not how our politics should be. And it's like, you're right, but it didn't just start. Like, this has been a long time coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, personally, I miss the good old days of when congressmen punched each other in the Senate on the Senate floor. <laughs> beat each other with canes dude yeah like, like in the confederate time <laughs> and they didn't agree and they just beat each other with canes and yeah so politics politics has always sucked and it's always been dirty especially um especially if we go back to some of the more like inflammatory people i know i know we're probably gonna about to get like just stampeded for tarnishing alexander hamilton by the whole broadway section or broadway section of our listeners but i mean he did he is probably one of the first people to, at least in american politics to engage in mudslinging and i know colton you you want to talk about how um he he accused jefferson of um his very real relationship or at least we know it's real now relationship with the slaves 
Um, but at, again, at the time, they didn't know it was, it was happening. Yeah, so this is the time where you have George Washington, who everyone just kind of rallied, rallied behind immediately after winning and getting independence. They're just like, yeah, this is our guy. We want him. And they wanted him for eight plus years. And George Washington was like, no, we can't do that because then we fall into, you know, aristocrats and monarchy and that kind of thing. So, you know, he takes this big stand. Yeah. And that's great. He gives this farewell speech saying, you know, you stay strong, be careful, don't just go crazy. Like, we're still a nation. We need to focus on ourselves first. And he also says, hey, you know, parties aren't the best thing sometimes you know different ideas are good but try not to separate yourselves and immediately after that we get parties so and that's where the you know hamilton comes in and for all the people all the hamilton fans you know one thing you have to understand is hamilton was a great mind in history but he used that great mind to say some very provocative things because he knew what reaction he would get out of it. It wasn't just to say it, basically. Yeah, he wasn't the best of person at times. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. Yeah, and so these political parties that formed, mainly formed behind the people mm-hmm. leading them. So you have the Hamiltonians, which is obviously supporters of Hamilton. And you have the Jeffersonians, which is Thomas Jefferson's. And... The interesting thing about this is you kind of have this battle between, you know, who's our next president? Like, who's our next guy that we go to? And basically, the two main runners, you have multiple candidates, but the two main ones are going to be Jefferson and John Adams. Mm -hmm. And so you have the Federalists, which we can also call the Hamiltonians. I believe the Federalists became, I think, if I remember correctly, the Federalists were born out of the Hamiltonians after hamilton's death and then i think the jefferson became jefferson democrats or something like that just yeah the democrat republicans yeah democrat republicans um and you know these two had totally different ideas you had the federalists that were more like more accused of being monarchs and Mm -hmm. supporting the british and then you had the jeffersonians who were accused of being pro-French and, you know, having these radical ideas, being revolutionaries, stuff like that. And so you had Jefferson and John Adams, and this is where you kind of see the first real mudslinging that kind of occurs in politics for the first time, at least in America. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be when Hamilton, despite the play, you know, portraying him as this brilliant dude who, you know, said some harsh things, but like he was, he was good, you know, calling out Jefferson on this accused relationship, which like you said, we know now, but at the time, just out of nowhere, this relationship that Jefferson has with one of his slaves, which obviously at the time is very taboo. Like mm-hmm. that's just something that you shouldn't do. And, you know, you're throwing dirt on Thomas Jefferson's clean record, who was, uh, you know, in France at the time of the war comes back, you know, just out of nowhere. Um, and you also kind of get kind of going away from Hamilton a little bit. You also get Jefferson and John Adams kind of button heads a little bit. And the interesting thing about this, and it's kind of like the progression, which we're going to kind of talk about later on, mm-hmm. um, 
is you don't have Jefferson and John Adams directly calling each other out, but you have their supporters. Mm-hmm. And we have Jefferson supporters kind of calling John Adams, which I'd heard this before while researching, but uh, calling John Adams a hermaphrodite. Yeah, and, do you want to explain that one a, just a bit more? Because like I saw that in the show notes, and I, <laughs> I, I was laughing so much at just reading that. Like It was just like, what? Excuse me? When did this happen? So it's a really weird story that is actually pretty humorous to learn about. And so this is... So you have George Washington after that. John Adams wins by like one vote, I believe. One electoral college vote. Mm-hmm. He becomes president and his administration is horrible. All they do is focus on political lines. Let's shove all of our supporters in and shut all of our people that are against us out. And that's with the Sedition Acts and all that fun stuff you'll learn in U.S. history. Um so now you get to the election of 1800, which is like one of the most important elections at the time. And again, it's Jefferson and John Adams button heads. And so Jefferson obviously is like, I got to win this because otherwise we're just going to have a monarchy because the Federalist, Federalists are going to be the ones in control of our government. Mm-hmm. And so he goes out and hires this journalist named uh, James Collender. And he's like, hey, I need you to write stuff about, you know, John Adams making him look bad. And this is kind of like the first, you know, yellow journalism that we see along with other examples. You want to talk about fake news. This is literally it. Yeah. And he's like, hey, just write something, make him look bad, you know? Just and do- so <laughs> James Conner is like, okay, okay, I can do that. And so he starts writing about uh, John Adams. He, you know, he's associated with the Federalists, which is mm-hmm. pro British. And he's like, oh, he's a monarch. He's going to be King George IV, like, you know, just comparing him to what used to be kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, out of thin air, just calls him a hermaphrodite, saying that he's like a man of a woman, a woman of a man or something like that. And I f- think he was kind of trying to go for the effect of he's going to be like a weak president and he doesn't have a solid stance. But it didn't really come across that way. <laughs> It called so it just it just came off as him like yeah he's a woman yeah and and then literally Jefferson won (laughs) he won and that's I mean that that's pretty well history until we get up to Andrew Jackson I remember I remember so much of just read like especially with um with or through you know our history classes in high school and stuff like I just remember Andrew Jackson was just they went to town on his like public image. Oh, yeah. Like I think they, like you said, like you have in the show notes, like his mom or his, his own mom was attacked as being a prostitute. And like his wife, I know his wife, like his wife wasn't even spared it because, because they were getting, they got married while she was getting divorced. And so like that brought stuff down on him and his kids. And I believe something happened to his wife too, because of that, like, some kind of health condition. I believe she was, her. I believe she like got depressed and I think like later died of it, like just of the emotional distress it caused. Yeah. I think also there's something about his dad. I don't remember what it was. There's just something about his dad doing something. I, I remember, but yeah, literally they attacked his family and like, you know, you can see as we kind of go throughout history, it's getting 
it gets worse it's growing worse and worse. it's snowballing it gets so much worse <laughs> as we go on and especially like especially if we're just if we're if we, even if we just focus on like john or andrew jackson like the dude the dude was a bad man like he did some really really bad stuff but mm-hmm. some of it is honestly blown out of proportion just due to or just due to um just due to how much people just hated him at the time and like I, I, I remember like he was portrayed as a tyrant and a king and like he was just ripping up the constitution and stuff like that and like it just the, the propaganda coming out of just this era alone like it, it seems insane today but like that that's just what happened and and especially it gets even worse I were you talking about uh, John Quincy Adams yeah and All this is weird stuff he did in Russia yeah, this is one that honestly I'd never heard of when I was researching this topic. Uh, so John Quincy Adams, as you know, we have Quincy Adams and Jackson kind of going uh, against each other because of the corrupt bargain and stuff like that. Um, and John Quincy Adams is accused of serving as some officer in Russia that arranges American girls to do sexual like services to the czar and i was like i've never heard that before Apparently, never i've never heard that either and like i wonder if that's one of the things that was swept under the rug of like yeah this is obviously stupid and like we probably shouldn't put this in the history books because it's not real but it still damaged his reputation enough to like affect the election yeah like i had never heard that before and i feel like that's kind of one of those things that's you know every every election cycle is going to have something that is said and it's like Mm -hmm. it's not really true but we'll just kind of sweep it under the rug because it's not really that big of a deal i feel like that's kind of one of those things it's just kind of lost in history yeah and i mean like in some of these a lot of these examples are honestly pretty comedic just just because it's just how like absolutely absurd they are but it really shows that you know mudslinging mudslinging was the whole idea of just printing extreme headlines to grab readers attentions because you have to understand at the time there was or at the time there was increasing rates of literacy in the u.s and so more people could read than previously before and so there was just now this massive audience of people who could now afford and were able to buy and read newspapers and and so the whole idea was like yeah we're gonna like it's basically it was basically clickbait like that is pure and simple it was clickbait but yeah somewhat grounded in truth clickbait and where we get to like the actual like legit fake news and stuff is where we get to yellow journalism where it kind of where it originates with two men and I'm, I'm sure you've heard of at least one of them and it's William Hurst and Joseph Pulitzer and these were two guys they were they were working for competing newspapers in the 1890s and they just went to town like back and forth just trying to one up each other and uh or trying to one up each other with more sensational headlines and like more out there stuff to the point where i mean it was just almost outright lies like you can see the full nature as just time goes on as like bigger headlines with you know even more pictures and or with even bigger pictures meant to grab people's attention and just reel them in and it, it's it's consistently back, backed up with less facts, and more than on on more than one occasion, like those two men just straight up said, "We have anonymous sources that can't come forth and say this." Sorry. Yeah, and you also got to think about it in the psychological sense. As humans, you're going to be drawn to those that appear better 
than others. Mm -hmm. Just survival of the fittest. That's all it is. So if you can make things look worse than they are, if you can make someone else look worse than they actually are, you're going to see that other person is better. Same thing with this yellow journalism. If you have one paper producing this outrageous material and, and all these like huge headlines and just grabbing your attention, you're going to automatically be drawn to that because you're just drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And that other newspaper is going to be forgotten about. And so you have this kind of war between them, which just accelerates this yellow journalism even more. Well, and speaking of like just some of the or some of like the outcomes of this, uh, a lot of a lot of these two men or these two men, they were like almost directly con- or were directly uh, cited as contributing to the Spanish-American War when the U- for those of you who don't know that much about history the u.s actually went to war with spain in the 1890s and it all started because one ship accidentally blew up in the harbor due to a manufacturing and human error and these two men just went to town on this story like they ran they ran so they ran so many false articles just so much just blatant outright lies to buy or to sell people their newspapers that it actually got the american populace worked up enough that they went to war over over what even the u.s navy at the time was saying like yeah this was an accident like nobody's at fault here and it it didn't matter it didn't matter because the or because the just lies were that powerful at this point that it it caused an actual freaking war yeah and it's also uh good to note that they didn't just hype this up as like hey you know huge explosion in the harbor just destroyed everything in sight they wrote this as like an attack on america this was Mm -hmm. an attack on the american people on american soil something needs to be done about it you know stuff that would really fire people up even today if someone wrote a paper saying oh hey this random ship out in the harbor that's an american ship just blew up on our soil this is attack on america you would get millions of americans riled up ready to do something about it yeah i know it, it definitely it definitely just uh reveals just kind of like how just polarizing everything is and especially i know or it's it's just honestly baffling just like how how effective it was and it kind of shows you like just how two-faced politics and everything can be especially or especially with just showing how ex- like to the extreme some of these people were going to. And I know Colton, you wanted to, or you have in the show notes of uh, James Callender. I've never heard of this man, but do you want to kind of tell us about him? Yeah. So like earlier, how I was talking about, you know, Jefferson hires this journalist, uh, James Callender, and he like goes out and he writes all this, you know, John Adams is hermaphrodite and all this stuff. And Jefferson wins. <laughs> and so Colander's always like, okay, awesome. So I did my job. So I'm going to get rewarded. I'm going to get like a quid pro quo kind of deal where it's like, oh, he's going to give me this position and I'm going to get like a little raise in social status. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah. And, you know, which would be expected by, I would think anyone. Mm -hmm. And Jefferson's just like, I'm good. (laughs) Sorry, man. Good (laughs) work. But immediately, like literally immediately as that happens, he flips the script and he goes after Jefferson with the same Hamilton story of, oh yeah, he had a relationship with his slaves. This is horrible. Can you believe that someone is president that does this? And yeah, two-faced. Yeah. And especially going like 
to especially going or like let's yank we can yank ourselves into the future to the modern day i remember i remember specifically like i was with my dad on election night and like i remember, I remember I watching we were, it too yeah i were, we were watching fox news and like as soon as they called as soon as they called arizona for biden like you could see him uh you could see him his wife even the people in the freaking like fox newsroom uh just basically turn on tucker carlson who was the person who announced it or who announced um that biden had won arizona and like you can see this across the across the social media or social media sphere where he's even saying like hey guys trump lost like let's give this up and like it's just people are just lambasting this dude who they once praised as like one of the few beacons of true journalism like true news they're just attacking this guy as as um as part of the deep state as enemy number one bad actor yada 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 because he flipped this or because he flipped the script in a way that they didn't like and so that just kind of shows you like when you play with fire or when you play with a fire of yellow journalism and mudslinging and fake news like you are going to get burned at some point yeah i remember watching you know fox news during the election and, and you know i'm flipping back between all these different news channels to see like uh, who they predict will win, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we should know, that predictions, they're saying, oh, we believe this is how this state will be projected to win, you know? It's just their belief. Mm-hmm. And so I remember watching Fox News, and, uh, you know, they call uh, Arizona. And I, I forget the exact reporting. It's like 50, 70, some, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, all not all the votes were counted yet. There was still room that could be made up, but... They had called it, they had, you know, proof and research and all that stuff saying that Arizona would be for Biden. And literally, it wasn't five minutes after that. They were getting calls from the Trump administration saying like, hey, you need to back off on the call on Arizona because not all the votes are counted. You shouldn't be calling Arizona, et cetera. And like literally immediately. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen like, because, you know, like that was just kind of like the stereotype that Trump automatically goes to Fox News for all his news yeah. because that's what he talks about all the time as the most trustworthy. And yeah, then and they then he call Arizona yeah. and they just go after. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think it also definitely goes with um with like anything to do with the current pandemic and COVID and all of that, especially when especially when people were, you know, talking about how like it wasn't that big deal, yada yada yada, and then people started dying in droves in new york and stuff and everybody thought like okay this is the end of the world like we need to do something about this now and like the entire scientific and medical community was sitting by like yeah we've been telling you guys this for weeks and you didn't do anything about it and then and then people were so angry about the shutdowns and like or were so worried about the economy yada 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 until they got their twelve hundred dollar stimulus check and then that all went away until I mean, until like May when people were starting to call for reopening states again, like, and people were taking it legitimately. Yeah, it definitely has shown the nature of the public is going to do the opposite of what officials tell them to do at first, then they'll do it, and then they'll want something else. And like, it's just a cycle. And like you said, it's just completely just two-faced in its nature, like, Hey guys, wear a mask distance. You know, this is dangerous. This will be dangerous. Like it's not, it may not look serious now, but it will be serious if we don't take care of it seriously. And then everyone's just kind of like, 
oh, whatever, it's fine. And like not even a month later, the whole nation is practically shut down and everyone's freaking out about it. Well, and even on that note of like not taking stuff seriously until it's dangerous, like the freaking Bueller report on, on Clinton, like how much did that cost us? And it turned up nothing? Yeah, so uh, looking up the total amount. Now this is going to be including like stuff that was spent and gained back, et cetera. But the total amount of that investigation and even just the Hillary investigations of emails and stuff is topped out at 32 million. And that, that's, that's out of the recording dollars. of this. This is probably going to keep going up as like we learn. Cause I, I, again, I, as, as, as listeners probably know, I am not a fan of Trump at all. And so I'm going to take the negative or I'm going to take the negative view on him. I'm betting that there is more money being spent on that than we're being led to believe. I bet you it's, it is very far north of 32 million. Yeah. The sad thing is, you know, you have these two investigations that are perfectly, you know, it's warranted to do an investigation on that. If you so please, like I, I can see why you would want to do that at Mm -hmm. some point. But to spend $32 million on it is something I personally would not have said yes to. Well, and I, I don't so. even know how you can understand. Like, I don't understand like what goes through your head to or to not only um to not only order this order this investigation but then to blast it all over the media just to tear down your opponent who you already beat. Like this just comes off as a personal attack. And it's using it's using national media as a way to discredit your opponent. And this is exactly how our mudslinging has evolved through American politics. You know, if we go back very first beginning thing that we talked about, oh, so and so did this. It's just a rumor, mm-hmm. just a baseless claim. There's no facts behind it besides you saying it. It might be true. It might not. And now we're going to these thirty-two million dollar investigations. Yeah, like that are post-election. Yeah. Post-election, not even before, post. Post, yeah, post-election. They're getting government agencies involved just to prove what? And then also, after those elections, or after that election, after those investigations, you have firings of directors of those same agencies that investigated. And so you just, you you just It all, yeah, it all loops back into the two-faced nature of, of what happens when you buy into mudslinging yellow journalism is that, you know, when or you, you, you accuse baseless claims, you perpetuate this cycle of, of continuously discrediting the system. And then when people don't return the results you want because they're not freaking there, you fire them and punish them. And it's just, it's just perpetuating this just ugly and hateful cycle over and over again for no freaking reason other than personal gain. Yeah, and these results that come back and they're not the ones you're seeking for, you know, people are going to have questions about them. I, I remember seeing uh, press, like, conferences, and they're asking, you know, like, oh, well, there's evidence of this. And, you know, it's just automatically just thrown out. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That investigation didn't find that. And so it just keeps going. And what that is going to cause and what it has already caused is the budget of campaigns to just skyrocket out the roof, out of nowhere, just out of this world. Yeah, I know. And like you have in the notes, like I didn't, I didn't know this at all. I didn't know that the campaigns were now in the billions now. I, well, I take that back. I know Mike Bloomberg spent over a billion dollars on his campaign just as a meme making fun of him. 
That's the only reason why I know. That's the only reason why I knew the 2020 election, like in total, all the campaigns had spent at least a billion dollars. But I didn't. I didn't know the previous campaigns had spent that much. Yeah. So, uh, the thing I thought about with this topic, you know, and, and to think about before I read these off, is each election year, you're you're it's going to be higher, or at least in that range. Mm-hmm. And I say that because if we start with like two the 2000s. Uh, it had a rough spending of 1.4 billion of the presidential campaigns, um, and you might think, "Oh, well, that's a lot." If we jump to 2016, it jumps to 2.3 billion, roughly, uh, and that jump can be for many things. It can be because oh, there's more platforms to advertise on. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's more candidates running. You know, there's a lot of different things that be, can be causing that gap uh, of gaining of the campaign structure. But if you go to 2020, <laughs> and this is projected, this is not finalized, it is projected to be 6.6 billion. We'll That's see nearly how, three times. We'll see how many how many billions Trump spends on his whole like stop the steal like fascist takeover thing. E- exactly, and that's the other thing. You know, I said, oh, if he would have stopped, it might have looked better. It's going to look even worse now because you have this projected being at 6.6. It's going to go up from there because you have all these investigations and, oh, all these legal claims. And, oh, well, they said this and they did that. Well, now it's going to be going even higher, which I would bet would be over three times the spending budget of the 2016 campaign. Well, and even even if we're if we're taking the base, or I guess kind of boiling down yellow, yellow journalism, mudslinging into the whole like making fanciful claims with little to no basis to promote your agenda. I mean, even even the recent you know stop the steal or even the reason stop the steal uh, efforts with with Trump, and I think he's at the time of recording. The last time I checked, he had filed thirty four lawsuits. Of those thirty four. Three or 33 were outright struck down and one was countersued for an even bigger amount. And I believe it, it was, it was the city of, it was either the state of Michigan or the city of Detroit specifically. They had countersued Trump, the Trump administration or the Trump campaign for voter suppression. And it just, it just shows how just absolutely insane things are with this whole, or with the, with this whole thing. And especially because, or especially because I mean, it's just it makes no sense why you're why you're undermining the system this way, and why you're making these just outright baseless, unfounded attacks to further your own political goal. And especially when you bring in the modern age of of mass botnets and of mass mass media and mass consumer things, where most people only read the headlines, it just it it's reeks of damaging and just bad 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 behavior and bad ideas and outright, I mean, almost fascist uh, tendencies. Yeah. And it just leads to very misleading things in elections and campaigns. And one thing I have in the notes here is something that I didn't even know about until I read just the other day. And, you know, I, I will say before saying this, you know, Trump wanting a recount, I'm totally fine with him wanting a recount yeah. because why wouldn't you want to make sure the results are right? Especially in the States where it's 0.1% and stuff, you know, why wouldn't you want to recount, you know, just double mm-hmm. check. The problem I have is whenever he's saying, 
these results are fake yeah. because I lost whether they f- they're fake or whatever you think they are. If you're just wanting to recount them, that's something. But if you're wanting to undermine the people that cast those votes, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother can of worms. Anyways, what I read was, you know, Trump's trying to recount and recount cost bank to do because you're recounting an entire state. It's not just something you do. Um, and so Trump has this recount account <laughs> that he sends out on his like email chains to all of Dude, his people. <laughs> and, this thing. Yeah. And if you go to this donation, a- as of when I've read this in recording, uh, if you look at it, it says all donations will be divided up on a 60-40 basis. 60% is going to go to the Save America Foundation, and then 40% is going to go to the RNC. RNC is understandable. I mean, they got to get money. Yeah. That's whatever. Um, the Save America, which I had no clue what Save America was. Yeah, I didn't. Is, is an organization, apparently, that is known by political candidates that they fund un- other candidates and also pay for their personal travel and hotel stays. So, so what that absolutely- means is no money is going into this recount account. There's no recount account. It's just going to the it's going to the RNC and then it's going to personal travel and stuff. You know those you know that meme that was floating around a while ago where it's like, wait, it's all Ohio and it's like the two astronauts like and the other one's got a gun. He's like it always has always has been. Yeah. I'm just imagining it's like, wait, there is no recount movement and just Trump like no kid. They're always (laughs) no kid, never has been. (laughs) It's just like that is a crazy thing. That would correct me if I'm wrong, but I would never have expected that. I mean, I would have this. I would have expected it out of him, but also I. I, I just mean from, I from take, happening, not by him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I, I definitely expected this out of him, but I also to probably take a dimmer view of our president or our former president than you did or you do. But yeah, I I know it's definitely. I know I I I vaguely. I came across this story too whenever I was doing some research for this. I know a man filed a lawsuit for um, against, against this whole recount thing for like one point for the $1.5 million he donated, or it, it was, it was roughly near that amount when at the time of this recording, it could go way up from now. We have no idea how much this, this or this like outright fraudulent thing is going to steal from people. And and so at the time of recording, a man sued the a man sued this campaign for $1.5 million because it's not going to the recount. It's going to personal wealth and personal travel and stuff like that, which is fraud. It is outright fraud. Yeah, it's less for it's less fundraising for, hey, this is my like ideas on how I would lead the nation. And it's more on, hey, I need to protect myself and I have all these people that are supporting me. I have the RNC that's behind me. I need to make sure they get their money. I need to make sure that all my people that are like behind me, pushing me forward, they can do their fun stuff. You know, like that's what it is now. And yeah. 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 And cool. I I know we're, we're, we will be, ah, sorry, folks. We will be right back. We do have to take a short break. Um, We'll be back with um, just kind of what our personal thoughts are and just how, how we've kind of seen how this has affected the personal climate. Uh, or not personal climate, the political climate 
and how this is this is going to evolve in the future. Uh, folks, we do have some really great music for you. Uh, I'm sorry, we'll take a short break, but we will be back in a, in a bit. And remember, folks, enjoy the vibe. Told myself I would miss it. Guess I'm just reminiscing. And I can't stop resisting. I've been so lonely since I don't know when. And I told myself I could pretend. But I forgot myself, now there's nothing to defend. And I told myself that I didn't care at all. I wasn't ready for this fall. Ready for this fall. I wasn't ready for this fall. folks and we're back um joining for those of you who are skimming around skipping around our timeline uh i'm here with colton gaddis we're talking about yellow journalism and mudslinging and just how it at its core is the idea that you're making baseless fanciful claims to push a personal or political agenda and how that relates to the modern day how that's seen throughout history and just all of the general craziness that's happened with it uh Colton, do you want to kind of give uh, give the audience a summary of of the or some of the bit or a few specific things that we've talked about? Yeah, so you know, we started this conversation with you know where did it even come from? Where is mudslinging even coming from? And we talked about you know it 
started as soon as America was even a nation. And you can see it in other nations as well. We didn't mention that. It's not just America. Um, but, you know, it started with our own history, started with even after George Washington running all the way up through our history. You know, we looked at the yellow journalism and looking at the two newspapers with uh, Hearst and Pulitzer kind of battling it out and how that led to the Spanish-American War. Uh, you know, we looked at what are the effects that we're seeing? How are we seeing it ramped up, per se, as we kind of progress to this modern political era that we're currently in? And we've seen, you know, all these baseless claims are kind of being accelerated. We've seen that the campaigns are getting wildly more expensive into the billions. Uh, we've seen that fundraising is starting to become fraudulent. And, you know, we're just it's going to keep going from here. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's just, it's so, it's just so absolutely insane. And like, I don't, I don't even know where to begin with just what we think is going to happen. Cause there's, there's so many ways we could take this. Like I, I, as, as, as you guys are probably show, like this isn't a politically unbiased show. Like we, we, me, me and my guests, like we try to present facts, but ultimately we do leave room for our own personal opinions because I mean, that's just how I like to organize the show. And it's my show. I can do what I want with it. Um, and so that's, and so just speaking on that topic, it's definitely, we've definitely seen a rise in just radical or radical organizations who are founded off the principle of mudslinging and yellow journalism and even fake news. And they're rising on places like YouTube, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. I mean, all over the place. I mean, we've seen this with Alex Jones and like, just not, to bring up that man, I don't even know how, what to call him other than just that he's, he's a character he's and, a character yeah and just in like it, it just it gives people like him a platform where he arguably shouldn't have and it makes it it allows for this just it allows for this uh increase and in just spread of of just uh, of fake news and just personal attacks and just everything that we've seen is outright wrong with or with using bias and or bias and fancy or fantasy to justify a political position yeah and i think one thing that we're going to see progress even more uh sadly that needs to be done there's no and if or buts something has to be done mm -hmm. and that is just the partisanship that is taking place and you know personally I don't feel like I belong to this party. Like, I don't feel like I'm a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian. And if you do, all the power to you. That's great. I'm glad you. Yeah, good on you. Like, I'm glad you can find something that defines yourself. That is perfectly fine. I just personally, I have my own opinions and I view the candidates and select the one that goes along with my personal opinions. That's just how I am. Um, but I feel like what we're seeing is more people start to radicalize their party. Not so much, hey, I'm a Republican and I believe these things. Oh, you're a Democrat and you believe these. Oh, we disagree, but hey, that's okay. We both think mm -hmm. this is a good thing that we're doing. And more of, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you don't know anything. You are going to destroy this country, vice versa. And that is dangerous for political climate. 
yeah and especially like i okay i let me preface it preface this i love my grandma she is one of the sweetest women on earth but she also is kind of stuck in her devotion to the republican party and i remember talking how i was a, or i was kind or i was kind of disappointed that bernie didn't win she got this just really just dark like upset look in her eye and she was like my dad didn't find world war ii for uh or for social or for socialists to take over America. And I had to remind her, I was like, socialists weren't the Nazis weren't socialists, meanwhile, they were far right nationalists. And and that just kind of shows how how mainstream media has just conflated and just lumped together groups that arguably shouldn't have. And we we see this all throughout. We saw this during the summer with the Black Lives Matter movement and how that kind of resurged over the summer over the killing of George Floyd and a bunch of other people who were wrong who were wrongfully killed. And depending on where you looked at it, they were either justified in their they were justified in their anger and that they were doing their right and peacefully protesting and stuff, or they were they were thugs and criminals and terrorists who were looting cities for the hell of it. Yeah. And, you know, with that and with the partisanship being stuck, uh, I feel like if you're going to be in a party, you know, like I said, that's great. All the power to you. But when you're trying to radicalize a party and you're trying to radicalize yourself to that party, you're going to find yourself start Mm -hmm. to leave your own beliefs and kind of think, oh, okay, they believe this thing, which I mean, I don't really agree with, but I, I can I can. I can deal with it kind of deal. Like you're appeasing yourself into it. And that's where we get into major divisions in between parties, people, Americans, period divisions everywhere. And like you said, like you have this movement of people just speaking out, Hey, you know, this is how we feel. This is how we feel that it's not, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do, it's just, this is how we we need to get our voice out because no one's been listening. And you're seeing the other radicalized side take advantage of that and just bash against them. And the other radicalized side trying to feed into that, but in ways like you're talking about by, you know, influencing it in other ways, making it appear worse than what the peaceful protesters are actually trying to do. Yeah, and one of one of the biggest like tools to radicalize anybody or just any organization, I think we definitely have seen from what we've kind of presented with yellow journalism and mudslinging is just present an other, just present something that is not like your group for other people to rally against. We have seen it countless times with um or with uh, with Xena or arguably outright xenophobia in america especially do you remember do you remember i think it was last year the the caravan that was supposed to be coming from honduras and that was like this massive thing when it was just literally refugees fleeing their war or their awful nation to try and get a better life i do remember hearing about it and uh, depending on what news source which is a whole nother can of worms yeah but depending on what news source you listen to it was either oh you know just a caravan of a you know so many people coming in they need help you know what it is versus this mass of people carried in these trains of like caravans bringing like like what yeah like the way the way like my family and even like fox news and stuff talked about you would think like honduras itself was shipping in like two billion people into california or across the u.s to turn every single state a blue state 
Like that is that is the insanity that we're talking about. Like when I saw that at the time, it didn't really like come to me at the time. And then later on, I was like looking back, I'm like, this happened? Why how can how can you get it that wrong? Like how can you ex like spread that so wrong? Well, I mean that brings that brings the argument of or of you don't I mean you don't arguably don't get people elected without somebody to rail against and you don't sell papers you don't get viewers and you don't i mean you don't make money without negativity and presenting another and, and that's the truth controversy that's truth you know to win an election someone's gonna have to be better than the other one that's mm-hmm. just what it comes down to so like if you can find the advantage that you have on your opponent and take advantage of it i mean can you get mad about it probably not but can you outright go and investigate their life story and find this one little tiny thing and brought it into this huge thing. And I don't know. It That's just, where the line comes yeah, in. There's Where's just the line. And it, it, the sad part is it just constantly gets moved up and up and up. And like, it just, it gets increasingly worse and worse, especially cause like, or especially like when we look at history, like most people only had like one, most people like had zero or one, maybe two, major controversies in their entire life and in this in these last in this last year alone the sitting president has had more than i can count on fingers or i has had more controversies than i have hands on my or fingers on my hands yeah and even like i i feel like a great example again is just go back and whenever you get a chance go back and look at that first debate and just sit down and listen to what they're saying about each other and you i don't know, want to I play know, that drinking game again <laughs> i know a majority of the comments are made by one individual but both sides kind of had it for each other at some points both cutting yeah. for the throats and i think you know i heard all kinds of stuff which is why i felt like this topic was really good to talk about is you know like oh, I, I don't want to vote because I don't want to pick between the lesser of two evils or, oh, I don't want to vote because, you know, they're both bad in my eyes or, you know, something like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. I Too think bad. people people really woke up and they saw that like, wow, both of these people are kind of going after each other. Granted, one is going after one more than the other, but both of them are in a way oh, going yeah. after one another. Yeah, it's just... I don't, I don't even know how to respond. And it's, it's just, it's one of the most disheartening things I've had to experience. I just, I hate, I hate that this was the election I had to vote in. I'm not upset with the outcome at all, but I, I just hate that this is what my first election was like. It's, it's just rough. It was it's not ideal. literally choosing between an old white man and a toddler. Yeah. And the, the real sad thing I think about whenever this election happened is, you know, we have all this division and our goal really is just to appease it and mm-hmm. unite everyone again. And I remember like, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember going back and like watching these debate moments from past elections. And like, you know, you go and look at, you know, Ronald Reagan and stuff like that. People who would name off those presidents as their favorites or mm-hmm. as the best presidents of all time, whatever, and you watch their uh, debate in the election moments, and you kind of see this like 
I'll let you finish. I'll still like bash you a little bit, but I'm going to do it in a way that's not me yelling at you across the stage and making you look like a horrible individual. And I think the sad thing is, is we're focused on so much of like these two people bickering between each other that this huge deal of like racism and sexism and, you know, xenophobia and all this other stuff is just getting pushed behind. And Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, well, which white man's going to win this time? (laughs) And honestly, that's what it is. Like, which one's going to win this time? Oh, okay. It was this one. Okay. Next four years. Who's going to win this one or this one? Nothing changes. Nothing ever changes. Hey, Colton, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry to do this to you, but we are, we are about to run out of time. Do you want to, do you have any closing remarks or any like last words you want to leave with the listeners? Yeah, you know, I'd just say it's kind of like the last comment here. I, if you're upset about the election because you voted for Trump and he lost, or you voted for another candidate and they lost. Yang, my, come on. <laughs> yeah, my, my sympathies are with you. Whether Whoever I voted for doesn't matter. I will be sympathetic to you. Mm-hmm. If you voted for Biden and, he, and since he is projected to win, I feel, I feel confident in saying that he will win. Um, you know, congrats to you. I hope that you are happy with that result and it wasn't just you picked it because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a final comment, just keep your eyes open and read things with the intent of character rather than just believing what is on site. You know, if I say something about Taylor that may or may not be true, take it with the fact that you know who Taylor is as a person rather than just the comment itself per se. Hey, the audience doesn't know anything about me beyond I voted for Biden. (laughs) I am in, I am, I'm just the host. All right. That that means I can say whatever I want. You can, you can say whatever you want. Like you can say I'm like a 10 foot tall green giant (laughs) and they won't know a difference. Yeah. Just like, I don't know, just, you know, take things with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I definitely want to echo that of just like take things take things with a grain of salt, but then also maybe do a bit of closer reading and like read both sides, because I I I will say the some of the most eye opening stuff has been where you read both sides and you kind of try to take out the personal biases and piece them together, and also even read foreign news. Like foreign news is surprisingly unbiased. Like I get I I I might catch flack for this, but I actually do. I actually got a lot of my election and COVID and worldwide news and stuff like that through the BBC and through the World Health Organization, UN, stuff like that, because they have proven time and again, they're pretty unbiased sources. Mm-hmm. And again, folks, I'm really sorry to say this. We're all out of time for the for today, but don't worry. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, stay safe. It's a crazy world out there. This was Taylor Ashman with The Hendricks Heretic.
Special thanks to KHDX for hosting the show live, Nate Poplin for the original music, and this week's guest musician, Isabel Evra. Check her out on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you enjoy music. For more by Isabel, find her Instagram at IsabelEfra underscore music or YouTube at IsabelEfra. Questions, comments, topics for future shows, or you just simply want to be on the show? Find us on Instagram at The Hendrix Heretic, and if you missed an episode, check us out wherever you enjoy podcasts. And hey, if you want, go check out our website at thehendrixheretic.com.